and PK. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, PK, the NBA player rankings are out. People are losing their minds over this stuff. People get get really fired up about this stuff. So I'm I'm fired up too, man. I'm standing up. I'm wiping spit off the corners of my mouth. That's really not anything anyone wanted to hear, but thanks for that. Well, that's when you're fired up, man. I make no apologies for my passion. Never have, never will. Jeez. Question of the morning. ESPN ranking Donovan Mitchell at 18, Rudy Gobert 26. Is that about right? Rudy down no. 12 spots. I'm outraged. Donovan up two. Why are you outraged? Because if Gobert, what was he ranked? Would you say 14? Last he went from year? 14 down to 26. What the hell? Has his game gotten worse? What happened? They got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. They, what did they do the year before? Got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> so what the hell's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> they realized they made a mistake and they corrected it. Oh, what do like we the American voters with the presidential election here? Is that where you're going? Because your guy won. That's why you want to bring that up. I see what you did. You're so subliminal, but I'm on to you. Well, you're the one who actually brought it up, but okay, whatever. Right. That's what sublimity is. Don't you know that? The guy who's subliminal doesn't bring it up. Wait a minute. Jeez. Did you just say that's what sublimity is? Yes. Look it up. <laughs> sublimity. All right, I will. <laughs> That'd be a great Scrabble word. Got to have that one in the back pocket there. Sublimity. <laughs> Scrabble words for dummies. It's right there with Jim Luck. I don't understand it. If you're 14 last year, why would you drop? What, what happened to your individual game? And why would Mitchell move up? They got knocked out in the first round. Two spots. So your logic more, of getting knocked somebody, out in the first round doesn't make more anything. More somebody moving in. Whether uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, one big question, whether it's his finishing pick-and-roll passing or shooting consistency, Mitchell seems to add something new every offseason. This year, generating more free throws should be a priority. Among the 13 players to average at least 24 points last season, Mitchell ranked dead last in free throw rate. Having to rely less on, having to rely less on deep pull-up threes and finesse finishes make him one of the toughest covers in the NBA. Well, I'd be interested to see, and that's true. I agree with all that. And at the end of the day, he needs to get to the free throw line more. At the end of the day, I see what you did there. You did that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'd be interested to see those. How many guys average what what amount of points, what did you say was? Uh, I think it was 24. The 13 guys were average or whatever. 24 points, I think. Okay, how many? How, was it 13 guys? Yes, 13 said? players averaged 24 points. I'd be interested to see what is their stature and tenure in the league mm-hmm. because I do believe yep. the more accomplished you are, the more of a veteran you are, the more you get the benefit of the doubt from the officiating. Shorthand I mean, I, I think sto- those are facts. Yeah. They're subliminal facts. <laughs> I think they're pretty out front. They are. So Subliminal. Uh. But over the course of the season, it's it's like trying to gauge your kid growing. You know, one day he's 5'4", and then the next year he's 6'2", but you don't really see it day to day. At the end of the season, I think you can see it, and maybe you can see it in isolated instances, but I think it's more uh, it's more gradual. It's like watching grass grow. You can't really see it, but, you know, in the next week you got to mow the thing. And I think that that's what – the officiating that can be a lot of it can be subtle, but you get that respect and you've earned that respect. And it's an entertainment-based league, so I don't have any problem with that. People want to view it as athletics, sure, but they're making their money off entertainment. 
And uh, so the stars are going to get the benefits because they are the stars. That, and that's just the way it is. That's the way it goes. So if you've got a problem with that, develop more stars, and then you'll be able to be the beneficiary of that. So my point is that I think that I can see Mitchell getting to the line more as he becomes more of a star because he is on the verge of being an all-NBA caliber star. Well, I think that's what the ranking says. I mean, uh, all-NBA is 15 guys, and he's ranked 18. So this list is saying the same thing you're saying. He's almost all-NBA. And the thought that he went out in the playoffs and has 50-point games – plural, averages 36 points in a playoff series. Now, going forward, he'll get more calls and shoot more free throws. As long as he doesn't, he won't get them shooting deep pull-up threes. But the more he goes to the hoop, combined with the rep he was building in the playoffs, absolutely, he'll be getting more calls. Yeah, right. So I think that that will take care of itself as he blossoms into an all NBA star. He's, a, he's an all-star now. But, you know, you start getting down into the end of that all-star bench, and some of these guys, they're not really remembered. They're just sort of – they're good players and all. But I believe he has the, sh- the chance, and a very good chance at that, to be remembered. To be remembered as a big-time star. There's just – that's the way I see this thing going. So, for him – I believe he will be All-NBA, and I believe that he has the opportunity to be first-team All-NBA. Now you're talking. All-NBA. Now you're talking. First-team All-NBAers are going deep in the playoffs. I really believe believe that talent level is there. It was – it's not – I can't say that it was uncovered or discovered, but it was raised up to where he established – a line now and a foundation that is extremely high. It's out. It's it wasn't a secret. That's too strong to say that the secret is out. He has been discovered. That's too strong. I can't say that. But he raised his game to the level of all right, young fella. It's that you are spectacular going forward here. And you raised the bar a couple of notches. And I get it was the bubble and all that stuff, but still, uh, I, I just think that that's where this thing is headed. So for him, I think it's going to happen. It's going to take care of itself. The Gobert thing is the most intriguing situation that the Jazz have had in X number of years. I, I can't even, I don't even know what it compares to in jazz history, or the jazz history that I know, which started in the 90s. I don't have any jazz history in the 80s outside of when they played the Lakers that time. I knew they were a good team and all that. But contracts were different back then and all that stuff. And that's that that's like ancient times compared to now. You know, what do the jazz do with Gobert? It, it, I couldn't be more intrigued by this Gobert situation. Well, you're not alone there. In the ESPN rankings, they put him at 26, with by, which, by the way, I believe is at least one spot too low, and so do you. Uh, because right in front of him at 25 is Kyrie Irving, and there's zero chance that I would ever approve a Rudy Gobert for Kyrie Irving trade. So, move him up. 
Well, yeah, do they but they include the drama in the rankings. <laughs> well, if you, if, so if Kyrie gets bonus down because Kyrie, you're gonna you're gonna get all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, under uh, the summer here under Gobert, cause for concern. No news is not good news when it comes to Gobert's potential contract extension. The two-time Defensive Player of the Year insists that he's focused solely on basketball. Quote, that's why I have an agent, close quote, he says. But issues could arise if Gobert enters the season feeling unappreciated without a long-term commitment from the Jazz. Yeah. Clearly. No, no question. You're dealing with that. And even though these guys are millionaires a thousand times over, uh, you, they have to be coddled. It, it, we went through this with, with, uh, with Hayward. And, and then we find out, well, he was miffed. He had to go on his world tour. Uh and he chose to go on his world tour twice. Uh, and so, you know, he felt disrespected. And the Jazz, they had to coddle. They were worried about Robin, you know, his wife. What does Robin think? Oh, Maron, what does Robin think? <laughs> you know, this kid of a young lady who was in her early 20s, and we got to worry about what Robin thinks. And I'd heard that. I'd literally heard that. And you heard that, too. Uh, I am not denying any of this. They were absolutely. <laughs> well, you always want to yeah. know around the player, and this actually goes to uh, college coaches wanting to know the same thing when they're recruiting high school kids, which gets even crazier. But around the player, who has influence? Now, with the college kids, they're talking mom, dad, uh, high school coach, AAU coach in the case of basketball. And with the pros, they definitely agent. Uh, you know, there are some players who maybe tell their agent what they want, but there are other players where the agent has a lot of power. Spouses can have a lot of power. There are younger players where parents have power, but that's much more a, a, high, a, a high school to college thing than it is a pro thing. Occasionally, yeah, so you've got to worry about that stuff. So that stuff factors in with Gobert. What are you going to do there? What What is his mood? What's he feeling and it's really intriguing because Gobert doesn't have – if Gobert had an offensive game of some renown, there'd be no question, right? You just throw Me, the money at him yeah. and away you go. But he doesn't. But yet he has a profound impact on winning. And can you get somebody to replace that profound impact on winning? But how much do you want him to take up of the cap – and all this stuff, and how much does he want? Does he want the maximum, and I want to get mine, and that's my sign of respect, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and we, this stuff matters to this young man. We saw him obviously cry when he didn't make the all-star thing. Yep. And it mattered. And I didn't have any problem with that, man. That meant it mattered. If, and he feels like, he, for some reason, I think that he's going to have, I guess it's because he doesn't have a big offensive game, is that he's going to always have to prove himself worthy of it. Mitchell doesn't. Mitchell, I mean, he's already proven. Mitchell's going to get, you know, we'll just roll out the bank, buddy. Here you go. Sign on this shot, on the dotted line, and it's yours. But Gobert, you know, is he going to be fully appreciated uh, on on that? And what what's going on? And then he brings who was it? Was it Dennis Lindsay talking about in the bubble? Was that who was said? I, correct me if I'm wrong here. About you know, he wasn't uh, pouting. He wasn't talking to the Oh, yeah, that was Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. You you guys report, and rightly so, on what you see. He said, but we were looking for things that we didn't see, the things we didn't see. We didn't see him going after refs on every call and every no call. We didn't see him talking the ear off of every teammate, going back to every huddle. Uh, So, yeah, 
Yeah, Dennis, Dennis absolutely. He was very complimentary, and he made a point of letting us know, which is really making a point of letting Rudy know, we did talk to you about this stuff, and we noticed that you changed, and we appreciate that you changed. Mm-hmm. So that, that meant those were issues, because if they needed to be changed, yep. then before they were changed, they were issues. So what does he feel about that? Uh, because he holds some cards on this, too. So this is a like a boxing match in an extent, you know, where where are we going here? What's going to be the end result? I couldn't be more fascinated by it to see what what this franchise decides. And then you factor in a new owner who what role is he going to take? How much influence is he going to cuz he can exert 100% of the influence if he wants. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, in either direction. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely not. This is the top number. That's a tiny number. Well, guess what? That's the biggest number. So there's that, and it could just, you know, a deal could become impossible. And then he could go to the other end and say, give it all to him, 100%, every last dollar. So, yeah, an owner can, and owners have, not just they can, owners have influenced those in both directions. And, right, and yeah, they've had that, they have that absolute right to do that. Because it's their money, they're signing the check, so yep. they get it. And I've I've probably spoken at least to ten people to try to get a feel on Ryan Smith and just to see what they think about him. Because it's he's he now I, the, the the watchdog always came out with the uh, the most powerful sports people, uh, year, right? Well, Gail Miller was it every freaking year, right. every year. It was, and I know they don't want to have it every year because it gets boring. But nevertheless, she was the most powerful person in our state when it came to sports because she owns the number one team, right? And nobody owns BYU, nobody owns Utah, or the University of, but she owned the Jazz. So her say. Should she decide to want to put her foot down, so to speak, that's the way it was. Now, this man is in a new position. I haven't really studied the Qualtrics thing and what he was doing there and, and all that stuff. I don't know. All I know that is, you know, must have been an extremely successful business, obviously. And he was a part of it. Good on him. So he's got to have the brains. We understand that. But how is he going to be? I find that intriguing at a time when Gobert's contract is coming up. So you got this confluence of two things here that leads to all sorts of fascination with intrigue. DJ and PK, we'll talk about it with Craig Bowlerjack coming up next. Stay with us. Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. It's based in Columbus, Ohio. What a place to be based, right? Uh, Bill Bender is going to join us in 905. Bowler's next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Coastal Carolina was like, screw it, we're not passing. I don't care if we pass a single ball, I don't care. We're going to go out there, we're going to pound these guys. We're going to beat them up, we're going to keep the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. And they did it. San Diego State's looking this, probably drooling, like, oh, now we know these guys don't like to be punched. They don't like to get their jerseys dirty. They don't like physicality and abrasiveness and ugly moments. Instead, they look for the officials to throw a flag and and try to do it for them. They look for their moms to yell from the sideline, don't treat my boy that way. So if I'm San Diego State, I'm like, all right, let's make this a street fight. Let's make it ugly. Let's muddy it up. That's how I'd look at it. Because I don't want to go and finesse with these guys because they'll score 58 on you. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bolerjack is going to join us momentarily here. The Utah Jazz are playing Saturday, PK. <laughs> basketball's back, baby. We're only at the fourth uh, college football game for the Utes. But basketball is back Saturday night, and the preseason games will be on TV. You can watch the Jazz and the Suns. Devin Booker in the rankings. Devin Booker, should he be ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, is he? I believe he is. Let me check the numbers for you right here. I think he, I think he was uh, I think he was just like one spot in front of him. But yeah, I, Booker Booker getting a lot of run. I was listening to NBA radio yesterday when I was at the yeah. gym. That this dude, I guess I've I've heard the voice. I think he's on NBA TV and I think his name is Cam and he was on with Reggie Theus and Antonio Daniels is usually on but Daniels was off, so they had Theus on there. And this Cam dude was going through the playoff uh, seeding predictions in the West, and he had Phoenix at six and the Jazz at seventh. Well, write that down and email back to him when it gets all sorts of screwed up. Now, the funny thing is that he said that he'd already been receiving a bunch of response from (laughs) Jazz fans, and so he kept saying, Jazz fans, I know you're upset. I've got you in the playoff. Uh, So you're a playoff team. Uh, but he just believed that Phoenix they would is going to take a massive jump. Oh, that would that would be, gosh, Monty Williams would be resoundingly runaway coach of the year to go from where they've been to sixth. That is a massive jump, yeah. and they largely Chris Paul and the fact that they go eight and zero in Orlando. Yeah. Chris Paul is 15, Ben Simmons is 16, Devin Booker is 17, and Donovan Mitchell is 18. And Zion Williamson is 19. I'm not going to stand for that. (laughs) All right, it's time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack. The TV voice of the Jazz and Bowler's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Guys, how are you? Not as good as you, Bowler, because you're calling a game Saturday and you get all sorts of cranky when you don't call games. You know who you remind me of? And not not completely. It's not a perfect match, but I was thinking about this the other day when I talked to you. You were just all sorts of fired up. And I mentioned something to Scotty, and Scotty's like, I said, man, Bowler was fired up. And Scotty just looks at me like, you know how he does with that like, side-eye look and understand? He goes, you think? <laughs> I think you need to call some games, Bowler. You need to you need to burn off some energy. Let's go. I do. I do. PK DJ. I just need to get back into some sort of a uh, daily groove, and it's I'm getting there, man. I I, I pulled out uh, you know my notes from the Suns from uh, just last year, which wasn't long ago, and uh, I'm sitting here ready to to start the, the process. So. You know, training camp rosters are out for both teams. And, you know, what's going to be interesting is to be able to see the Suns twice in three days. I mean, we're going to do that a lot this season. You know, I think on the schedule, Dallas back-to-back, New Orleans back-to-back. So I think it's smart. If you come to town, why not stay, right? And the same for the Jazz. Um, So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to see uh, this new-look Phoenix Suns. Uh, team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the backcourt. And, of course, uh, the new face is back. Well, an old face is back. Uh, but, uh, you know, returns to a team he hasn't played a couple of guys with, uh, one being Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson, and that's D. Faves. So, um, 
we'll see how this turns out. I'm excited. How much do you think these players get into this ranking? Are we just talking about some NBA guys got the Jazz 7th, which seems low to us? Do you think that's overblown, or do they care about that and use it as some form of motivation? You know, PK, throughout my career, when you ask a player anything about social, uh, anything about newspaper or radio, they say, I don't don't pay attention to that. But what's amazing to me is still the news trickles down to them. They may not read it, but family or friends, I guarantee you, let them know exactly what where they rank in what area, of, if, if you're a guard, a point guard, whatever, or in the top 100 of ESPN's breakdown. I guarantee you they know. And you know what? I think they do use it for motivation. And that's okay. Whatever it takes to turn the switch on, or hotter, I guess, I think Gobert's one of those players that really is motivated by the lack of respect at times. And, you know, I don't know where Donovan stands with that, but I still think that anything that you can use to motivate yourself is a good thing. And, you know, everyone has different opinions on where you stand in polls and where you are behind what player and where you're going to finish in a particular season. If anything, the seventh spot would tick me off uh, personally because I would think, obviously, in my mind, we're a much better team than that. And I hope that motivates mo- motivates each and every player on that roster to prove those alleged experts wrong. So not getting a big-money contract extension might motivate somebody, too, and it might motivate Rudy Gobert. And I have been trying to figure this out, and uh, Jake and... Gordon had me on for a segment yesterday and were asking me about it. And, and they were saying, do you think Gobert will sign before the start of the year? And I, I guess I would, or the start of the season. And since that's now less than two weeks away, I would guess no. But I don't know the answer to that for sure. But I would guess no. I also don't think it's a big deal that he's not signed on opening day. But it could become a big deal pretty quickly. Because then you start getting interviewed all the time. And it's right. out there. And so it's like... It's not a big deal on opening night, but like in a month, it could be a big deal. It could be a huge deal in a month. And then uh, I've talked to several people about this, and there seems to be a consensus, uh, not among people inside the Jazz organization, but people who watch the Jazz organization, that you know Hayward getting away uh-huh. with no, with nothing coming back. Normally, that'd be a problem because they drafted Mitchell. It ended up not mattering that much. Now, you can argue if they gotten something back, they would have been in an even better spot. So, so maybe it hurt. But the fact is they were still a playoff team. But they can't afford to have that happen with Gobert, which no. makes the March 25th trade deadline a big deal. And the Jazz usually, although that doesn't mean it'll happen next time, but the last two times, they haven't gotten anywhere near the trade deadline. They've seen their move, and they've gone for it early. Corver was an early season trade. Uh, Clarkson was a December trade last year. So they don't tend to wait around for the trade deadline. So at what point should Jazz fans start getting worried about the Gobert negotiations? Because to some degree, every negotiation needs a deadline. Until you get close to it, where's the urgency? Yeah. So you bring you bring up a couple of really good points, and that is, I think the first one is, is that it's it's something that this team doesn't want to be hanging over their head. You make a great point. Look, this year is different with the media, as we know, is because there's not, not going to be any access into the locker room. So you really have no shoulder-to-shoulder opportunity with Gobert to ask this question on a daily basis. 
nightly basis. So what happens is they may bring him to the Zoom camera, you know, once a week. It just depends. But, you know, I think Rudy, knowing the way that he's handled things in the past, sometimes emotional, especially when it comes to his play and wanting more touches, as you remember. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see if he holds back or if he, you know, just plays his cards right and and lets this play out. So let's move on to the second part of that is that if it does hang over the Jazz, how does it impact this team? Because it's something you don't want. And if they would actually really consider, you know, trading this big man because they really are focused around his defense and then play out from that with three-point shooting and, of course, rim play. Uh, I think you saw them probably get as a buki, uh, as a – you know, to protect themselves and, a, and, and another big, uh, and they got favors back for a reason, I think, in that regard, too, because they can play alongside Gobert, and they can also play small uh, if they have to. Uh, so this is intriguing. It's, it's you know, the super max, I think, is reserved for a very few. And I think the conversation, I have no idea what the conversations are, but my guess would be the conversations are, Rudy, look, um, we've extended Donovan. We've paid Jordan. We're going to pay you what we can and think you're worth. But you know what? I'd hate to see this go into a situation, as you said, DJ, where you have to either go to the trade deadline, let him go out and search uh, for what his worth is, and then do the Hayward thing again. Uh, it just can't. I just don't think it can happen. But that's up to Dennis and Z. Um, you know, to, to make those decisions. Um, it's a tough one. It's a big financial commitment, by the way. And that, and the ownership change, I think, PK and DJ, has something to do with this as well. Look, Ryan Smith takes over soon. I, I thought and, uh, that, you know, in the next week, if not tomorrow, that the Board of Governors meet and will okay the sale. So the decisions of finance has to lay on his shoulders, and I'm sure – with the liaison of Steve Starks with Ryan and the Miller family, there has to, there's been discussions on what direction he wants to go. So it, it still is a, a tough time for Rudy because of the transition of ownership and then the decision-making to go the next step. And that next step's a big one, by the way, if you're going to go super max. How sensitive is Gobert in terms of wanting respect and all this stuff in terms, you know, we saw that Hayward's uh, – sort of pouted a little bit. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, can Gobert, is he going to go along those lines or is he going to take it for what business is and, and just go on with it? You know, PK, that's that's another great question because, you know, people I've talked to, I think we all would agree, you know, you sometimes define yourself in this league by what your salary is and other players know it, Right. Uh, and so, again, to be highlighted as a Supermax player is about as high of an honor that you could you can have, except when he starts stacking titles and MVPs on the shelf. So I, I, I think what I've learned from Rudy, yes, he is an emotional player. Uh, he does motivate himself with anger at times. He wears 27 for a reason. He felt like he was undercut there in the draft because – he was better than the 27th pick. So, uh, yeah, I would think that if this isn't done uh, before the season starts on the 23rd in Portland, then 
it'll be interesting to see the body language and if and if he's actually that in you know uh, engaged or if it motivates him to play angry and at a high high level it'll it'll be really interesting to see what direction uh you know he goes some players use it pk as you know as the motivator you play angry others seem to be withdrawn and maybe not as involved with the locker room um so we'll see you know i can't predict it but i think we're going to find out uh, just by body language and uh, alone to see what the hustle plays are, uh, what the block numbers, you know, kind of begin in the first, you know, 10 to 12 games, and we can kind of make, make make a judgment from there. The best case scenario, obviously, is that they come to an agreement on some number that works for both, both sides. And then you just play basketball and get it done. Uh, and then you've got your defensive base and you've got your offensive, um, you know, uh, firepower as well already signed and donovan and jordan you know they extended uh, joe ingles and so really everything's everything is set financially except the gobert deal so i may be naive on this wouldn't be the first time but i'm not uh i i know as it gets closer jazz fans get wound up about it sure i'm, I'm not wound up about it i don't think anyone should be wound up about it until the board of governors sale is done and it's announced, and the transition happens, and Ryan's totally in charge. Because we're in this gray area now where I think owners, I think it's understood that, you know, money is being spent, and if it's really significant, the new owner has to have a say. But it's awkward because they shouldn't have the say publicly because it isn't approved, even if we think it's going to be a rubber stamp and it is approved. So everything, yeah, stuff can go forward, but it can't really go forward. But it seems like once that goes public, then stuff can really accelerate. You know, what if this scenario plays out, that the day that the uh, the deal is okayed by the league, then Ryan's first real public announcement is the Gobert deal. I'm just wouldn't, thinking out. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know if it happened that fast, but if it happened within a week afterwards, I think then we could all look back and say it wasn't as big a deal. The people who are the most wound up about it, it wasn't that big a deal. They were just yeah. waiting for the sale. Right. Right. No, it possibly could be exactly that. But again, as each day kind of ticks ticks away, and you saw that kind of the ease of the Mitchell and the Jordan Clarkson contracts, then that I think fuels a little bit of the, the concern or the doubt. And, you know, I think we all know, man, when it, when it comes down to not knowing or no answer happens, then the floodgates open of what ifs, uh, you know, conspiracy theories, right? Well, we'll see, you know, will they, won't they, uh, would they trade him? Would they not? Uh, look, Rudy is a big part of what the Jazz are doing. And obviously, his, as he said to us on Zoom about a week or so ago, that he's concentrating on playing basketball and they have agents for a reason, right? I mean, that's really what agents are supposed to do is uh, protect and pretty much isolate a player from some of the negotiations that are going on so there's no ill will um, between the two sides. Uh, ask Frank Layton about that when he had both <laughs> responsibilities, right, of a president and and, uh, and coach, and he was the one negotiating deals back in the Adrian Dantley days. So, you know, it's it's a touchy situation, but you know, one the Jazz are going to have to work through, and Gobert may have to bend, and the Jazz may have to bend too. That's how negotiations tend to to play out. 
So the Jazz signed this Shaquille Harrison. I don't know what type of impact he'll have on the team, but how cool is it that his brother made his Major League Baseball debut this past season? That's a talented family. Yeah, well, you know, he's from Kansas City, too. Um, oh, you know, P- PK. Oh, so, Yeah, we're gonna, we can talk <laughs> Chiefs and Royals, you know, uh, with uh, Harrison any time. But, you know, I, I, I think, uh, again, he's a guy that, you know, has NBA experience, um, you know, Suns and Bulls. Um, they they like, I think, his, his size. Um, you know, he's 27, so he's, he's, he's matured in the league. He's made a stop, you know, in the G League. And um, uh, so I, I think, again, the Jazz are looking for players, you know, again, nuggets that they continue to see and go, wow, you know, he's available. Let's give it a shot and see how he fits into the system of Quinn Snyder. Um, you know, can he defend? Yes. I think that's one thing that intrigues him the most. And then can he develop his, into his offensive game? I'm trying to remember, PK. You may have the. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, you know, I think in the league, uh, he was about five or six a night with, uh, you know, three or four rebounds. I think. I mean, so so in the minutes that he was spent on the floor, he seemed to be pretty productive. And I think the Jazz hope that you know, again, another piece that they may be able, be able to use. Maybe they put him, uh, you know, store him away in the G League and then bring him back. Um, I'm not sure how that. I don't know if they signed him. Um, don't believe it was a two-way. So I guess it would be that he would either can make or break the roster. I guess it's the way I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Do you buy that the Phoenix Suns are making this massive leap and are going to end up sixth in the West and uh, be in front of the Jazz? There's some predictions out there, and they're all predictions. I mean, they're all over the board, and you know, oh, they're sure. all worth the paper they're written on. But nonetheless. I, I see the Suns getting better, but that seems to me to be a huge leap in the hyper-competitive West. And that's yep. even with me mentally downgrading Houston because I just don't think Harden's going to be there all year. No, he's got to take six COVID tests before he can go back. How about that? Yeah, uh, He's been jumping. I didn't realize he's been jumping around Vegas uh, as much as uh, I, I read yesterday. Uh, I'm speaking of James Harden. You know, if you look at the roster, uh, I mean, nothing really has. I mean, you, get, you know, Jay Crowder's there, right? We know how hard he plays, and I think that will make them a little bit of a tougher team. Chris Paul also plays that role um, at the guard position, teaming up with Devin Booker. Um, it's intriguing. Chris Paul has been jumping around left and right over the last what four years, and so we'll see how he handles Devin Booker's stardom, by the way, and ball handling and. He's a high-volume shooter. So, you know, I think that was the problem with Harden and Westbrook. I mean, if, what, if, if Harden wants to go to, to, to Brooklyn to play with KD and Kyrie, good luck because there's not enough, not enough shots to go around. I think those are – that'd be a nightmare for Steve Nash. On paper, it looks intriguing, but I'm not sure the personalities match. And that's what I'm waiting to see, how Booker reacts to Chris Paul's veteran play. PK, I'm not – you know, we know what Jay Crowder can bring with some – a little bit of three-point percentage at, what, 33%. And he's kind of got the tough guy attitude. But that's a big leap. I think there's still hype from the bubble uh, coming into this season uh, and the addition of Chris Paul. Look, a lot of basketball to be played. Health and injuries play a factor as well, as we all know. But that's a big leap in my book. I'll agree with the DJ to go uh, that high uh, from just where the bubble was playing in. And then, obviously, uh, 
you know, making a splash in Orlando. And, and obviously I think people believe that the addition of Chris Paul is going to be the difference maker. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. I look forward to you calling games, and you won't be so uh, you won't be so cranky. And no, I should get to... out of the grump. I should be getting out of the grumpy mode, PK. You know, you, you get a little grumpy, right? Sometimes, you know. Or, am no, I right? PK never, never. No, he's always You've got a confused. smile on his face. You've confused him with somebody else. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I will. I, I'll have a smile on my face on Saturday. That's that's uh, that's for sure and Monday, and also next week, Thursday, and then the 23rd, and on we go. So, you know, I tell you, we always talk about what ifs, and uh, I guess we'll get some answers here soon, not only with the Jazz, but on the Gobert front as well. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Bowler, thanks. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Ah, uh, boom! Well, that was a lot with Bowler right there with the first preseason game coming up on Saturday, but that's hardly the story. Uh, preseason predictions, rankings for players, Gobert's contract. I think Gobert's contract is in front until it's resolved. I'm not convinced it's something we should be all wound up about now, but I can see where it's something we should be all wound up about uh, in six to eight weeks. Does that make sense to you, or am I off base? Because nobody likes to tell me I'm off base faster and louder than you. You're off base! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's too early to get wound up. But I can see where if someone wants to get wound up in January, especially late January, sitting here right now, I could sign off on that. Uh, what's the rules on these? they got so many rules, uh, they're hard to keep track. You... You have to sign it before the season. No, then you no, no. The, you, could you could sign it. You could any time. Yeah, you could sign it next summer. I just, I can't see the Jazz. No, I'm talking. No, I know next summer. I'm talking about now. Once the season starts, can they sign it during the season? I believe they can. That's what I'm asking. I know you can sign it right up. Right. Yeah. I. I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe they can sign it any time. I don't think there's a limit on the, on the date. And uh, if I'm wrong, I will be notified shortly. Well, what verb did you use? Stressed? Is that what you said? Yeah. How wound up should Jazz fans be? How okay, stressed should they up? be? Uh, I don't think you should be wound up either way because you have faith in the management to make the right decision, and maybe that right decision is to trade him for other pieces. Now, certainly you don't want to let him walk. He's too good to let him walk. You struck gold when Hayward left and you found Mitchell. I don't know you're finding gold twice in a row like that. So you're tempting fate. I mean, nobody is that good to let a premier player. And, and Hayward at the time was a premier player. You know, maybe not top level, but he was pretty good. And then you replace him with somebody as good or better. I mean, that out of the draft, no less, when you're not drafting in the top two or three or top five, I, mean, I don't care how good you are. You can't pull two rabbits that he had like you did on that one. So I would be stressed about just letting the man walk and get nothing back. But do I believe that they have the opportunity to make the team better if they don't resign him? Yeah. So that's if they decide that they're going to trade him, well, then we'll know immediately who they get back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can evaluate that. 
But I would think that in that situation, you would get somebody back or some buddies back that would help you be a better, more complete team because you do have favors now in this Azubuki. We'll have to see. We haven't, he hasn't played a minute of pro ball. But, you know, favors can be adequate defensively. So what do you get back? So maybe you end up being a better situation. Or you just simply resign him and away you go. And, you know, you got a proven commodity there to do his thing. So I don't really view it as a stressful situation either way. DJ PK intriguing, yeah, but not instru- not necessarily stressful. Yeah, uh, but see, that's where you're a more rational, saying jazz fan, quote unquote fan, than most jazz fans have a lot more emotion tied up in this than we do, and so I don't know that they can embrace the idea that a Gobert trade will work out for the club. That doesn't mean it won't or that it couldn't. I just don't think sitting here right now, most jazz fans can allow themselves that luxury. Well, I think that's where you have to look at their management and look at their – and you're not going to hit a home run on every every decision, right. transaction. It just doesn't work that way. Even the greatest don't do it. Well, you list them – you list the list of good and then you list of not so good or bad or crappy, whatever you want to call it. And I think the, the list of good outweighs the list of crappy, so I have faith in those guys. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.